This is Daniel Fagella, Head of Research at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. When it comes to helping innovation and strategy leaders in the enterprise, or even outside AI service providers to be able to find AI opportunities, one of our jobs here at Emerge, when it comes to our written content, our interviews, is to explore use cases. And not just look at use cases, but look at broad trends in industries. Because when, when we find that when leaders can actually understand general trends, general capabilities that are coming to life in unique sectors and industries, it helps them to imagine how they could evolve their own business. And this episode, I think, is going to be doing a great job of exactly that, looking at the space of logistics and supply chain. Our guest this week is the Chief Technology Officer of FARI, Gaurav Srivastava. And Gaurav has been on the program uh, many, many moons ago. And this was actually an episode that we had recorded uh, a little bit ago here as well. But in this episode, Gaurav explores the potential for artificial intelligence in logistics. What does it look like to move towards predictive? And what does it look like to unlock AI in a space that honestly isn't necessarily known for being at the screaming edge of technology? And that's supply chain and logistics. So the evolution of this sector, I think, is going to mirror the evolution of a great many other legacy sectors and hopefully will help to open up some ideas. For those of you who are thinking about finding AI opportunities, building your own strategies, staying tuned to trends, this is going to be a worthwhile episode to tune into. And if you haven't already downloaded our report about how to detect AI trends in any sector, you can download our free PDF brief, which is literally called How to Discover AI Trends in Every Sector, and it is at emerj.com slash t Three. That's T is in trends, and then the number three, emerj.com slash T3, and that's a free PDF brief on how to discover AI trends in any industry. Without further ado, let's fly into this episode on the AI's potential in logistics. This is Gaurav with Farai here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Gaurav, we'll kick things off with just sort of getting your perspective on the state of affairs of AI in the supply chain. When you think about where it's made its way into the supply chain now, how do you like to sum that up? How is it sort of influencing the field today? Right. So AI has been a buzzword in the industry for quite some time now, and people have been trying out different things with AI to improve the way supply chain operates. So a couple of big success stories that we have seen with AI in supply chain is definitely the last mile optimization piece, wherein uh, doing deliveries in the last mile is a big hustle and last mile is growing crazy. In the last five, 10 years, we have seen that the amount of goods moving into the last mile has just, the demand has surged a lot and uh, keeping up to the customer expectation is becoming a challenge. So that's where AI comes in pretty handy. It helps you plan your routes in an optimum way. It really helps you creating an optimum route and uh, creating a good user experience for your customers. Then there's also see a customer communication piece that comes in, wherein because of a customer exposure to the supply chain, the kind of queries that comes into your customer care, the help desk, they try and answer your customer concerns. AI can even help you reduce those number of calls as well. So this is particularly what we call as chatbots, right? Yeah. So chatbots okay. coming pretty handy to answer your customer concerns as well or, or to take in their request in the real time. So if a customer wants to reschedule their order or they want to know where the shipment is or get an estimate of by when they can expect their delivery, instead of 
picking up a phone and calling up the help desk they can actually just write in a quick query on a, a chatbot tool it can be a web based tool it can be integrated into your whatsapp or your facebook messenger there are a lot of fancy ways where customers queries are getting answered today and this is not just b2c that i am talking about right we are seeing a lot of b2b enterprise companies like hilti and amway and these sort of big enterprises who are using chatbots to intimate their enterprise customers that hey guys we want to deliver a amazon like delivery experience even though we are an enterprise company but yes you get the best of the experience with the help of chatbots i would say these two are definitely there they are like really making big impacts in supply chain as of now there are few more that's coming in what do you think on on these two that yeah what, yeah I appreciate you passing the convo back. Yeah, I think there's some things to poke into here. So you talked about last mile, and mm-hmm. I think that for the folks who are not logistics professionals, I know we have some folks tuned in who might be, let's say, in financial services or something like that. I guess two things. First, kind of clarify what you mean by last mile. And secondly, you brought up something important, which is sort of the big surge in demand from last mile. I'm interested in what you mean by that. Is that sort of like B2C consumer delivery things? Is that a kind of demand? Is demand in terms of the actual big supply chain players like you know a Nestle or a Coca-Cola are they are they looking to do more in the last mile you you're talking about increased demand and I'm interested in what you meant so maybe we could define the term and then talk about what that increased demand is where it's coming from so last mile uh, there's a misconception that people always related to consumer deliveries yeah, but last mile yeah. is not just consumer delivery it can okay. deliver to your retail stores it can be it's generally the last leg in your uh, supply chain okay this is the leg where you they reach as close as possible to your final consumer in e-commerce world yes this is your b2c and uh, consumer deliveries it's a direct to consumer uh, channel where you reach directly to your consumers yeah but uh, even in b2b or enterprises the last mile is quite important where the shipment has to reach to the end consumer now the reason for the surge in this uh, whole uh, space is because of the customer centricity that came in right and this came in with companies like uber and amazon and netflix where the whole thought process of big enterprises and big supply chain movers they moved away from uh, inventory and uh, asset to custom the whole focus has shifted from inventory assets into customer and with their experience and how do you get a happy customer on board that's where the whole last mile movement has become more and more critical for these companies now that's interesting so you're you're talking about i mean i think everybody is aware that you know amazon has certainly uh, set the stage for delivery standards it has set the stage for personalization recommendation standards i mean we essentially could attribute a lot of what's going on in warehousing a lot of what's going on in, in e-commerce ai innovation what's getting funded what kind of business models are evolving to to you know be kind of an ode to Amazon in some respects. So clearly that these big players are setting the pace, but I guess I wouldn't really think that Amazon's relationship with consumers would really affect the way that Nestle does its relationships with Stop and Shop supermarket or that Nike does its relationships with um I don't know, some kind of a mall, you know, like a Macy's or something. I don't know, I don't know where Nike sells their goods, but you know, I guess I wouldn't really think that it would it would affect it that same way because in, in that case maybe they they do just still need 
a certain amount of inventory there at the right time. It's it's not necessarily going directly to the consumer. But for you, this really is changing. How, how is that affecting it? Right. So here's a popular study that we got from Gartner, right? So after this whole uh, e-commerce wave that came across the globe, the biggest retailers like Nestle and Macy's, all of them, they have made 8% of them, I believe, have made a call where they have to move into an online or a direct-to-consumer channel, of which half of them, close to 42-44% of them, are setting up their own e-commerce channels, right? So this is where you, when you walk into a big retail store and you see a POS channel, where if the inventory is not at so you can place an order online and get it delivered to your home. Yeah. That's coming really big. So we call this channel as direct-to-consumer. And this is specifically impacting the retailers, not the manufacturing industry, but yes, the retailers, they are going direct to consumer big time. Huh. And there are another 44, 45% of them who are going online, partnering with Amazon and it's through Amazon itself. Got it. Okay. So what you're saying is the increased demand is consumers are, are obviously more ordering more of these custom things and they're looking for a certain kind of customer experience, but retailers are also being forced to be more nimble in serving customers directly. It sounds like both of these things happening together is what maybe you meant by an increase in demand there. Yes. Got yeah. it. Okay, cool. So that teased that up. Maybe, you know, and I know this obviously relates to your work at the company there, is around explaining, I guess, where AI fits in for optimizing those routes, for optimizing that experience. I think there's so much that goes into supply chain. It's crazy, you know, how things are stored, how things are manufactured, when things are going to arrive, how the weather affects things. It's There's there's a lot of variables. Where, where does AI, if you're going to put it in a nutshell, where does AI help to improve that last mile optimization? Right. So ETA is, again, quite a popular topic. The estimated time of arrival, the way you predict it, and the way it gets uh, fulfilled is really important for the end consumer. And getting a right ETA is a challenge because there are so many factors that impacts your uh, estimated time of arrivals for a shipment. Like you pointed out, right, Dan, it's weather, it's... uh, congestion in network, in congestion in your supply chain network, it's uh, your service levels in that region, your customer average NPS feedback of that region, it's your uh, cost factors, your supply chain cost factors of that region. So there's so many, so many variables that control and define your ETAs and a strong AI platform sitting on top of these variables and spreading out ETAs is really helpful. Uh, accurate ETA is going to help you in a lot of ways. It's not just about improving your end final mile consumer experience, but even the way you manage your stocks or your inventory at your uh, warehouses, your inventory just starts going down with the right ETA prediction. Your back orders, they start going down. Or back order is like you place a duplicate order for the same goods just because you didn't have a visibility on the ETA. Yeah, yeah. So that's where your supply chain inventory problem starts getting resolved with the help of a right ETA predictability tool. So a a little bit of color on this, final little question that we're going to talk a bit about the future and where you see AI making a deeper impact 
than it's making today in terms of supply chain. So if we just talk about today, that's a very complicated state of affairs, what you're articulating here. You know, looking at the congestion in our supply chain, you know, how many trucks can we fit in our, I, I don't know, in our loading docks or whatnot? What's the traffic like on a Thursday when it's a holiday, when it's snowing? And all of that has to be integrated with I would imagine these existing systems of when orders are placed, of when deliveries happen, of how much of a thing arrived versus how much we ordered and was it accurate. There's sort of these warehousing systems, these transportation systems that are probably pretty clunky, right? A lot of these have been around for a very long time. To sit on top of all of that and find patterns and prediction feels like it's going to be a unique, tough puzzle to solve for every client because they're using different software, they're in different geo regions, they work with different kinds of products that have different factors that are, that are predictive in different ways. It, it feels really bespoke and challenging. How do you fight through all that to actually get to results? It is. It's uh, definitely an industry-specific problem. So the ETA for a metal mining industry would be much different than an ETA in a cement interest industry. And there are different factors that comes in with different industries when you when you talk about different industries and there's a geographical flavor to it as well for sure so the way we attack this problem is as as a company we are we are not that that many in uh, team size so we just tackle a specific industry at a time for a specific geography then that's where we build that engine and then come up with a eta which is close to 95 98 percent accurate and then take it to all the customers in those industries. Got it. So it is definitely an industry-specific and a geographic-specific problem. And the only way to tackle it is to focus on a limited set of variables and not just take everything into your plate. Yeah, so it, a, a nail it and scale it kind of thing. So you mm-hmm. you find a bunch of um, you know cement companies in India, for example, you know, in South India, I, I remember when I was in Bangalore, there's there's more banners on the back of buses selling cement than I could imagine. <laughs> I, I've never seen so many movie stars selling cement in my life until I went to Bangalore. So you take you take you know cement procurement in in India or something. You know, I'm using a very obscure example, so I apologize. But you know, you take a construction and building equipment in South India. You get enough companies of that kind in a certain geo region or whatever. Now you start to find what are the common predictive patterns there, and you can really kind of own that space. And then you can move into retail in a different domain. And you kind of have to gobble up, I guess, data sets and experiences within those different pockets. And then you can learn, I guess, the factors, huh? Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. So we know the rules. We know the Petrol pumps where they halt. We know the restaurants where they stop by and eat. Oh man, we yeah. Swam through those uh, data points, and we come up with quite some interesting. Tests. We even it's not just about ETA. We even know the theft points. We inform the companies that if your truck's stopping here, this is where you'll be probably losing your shipments. Now, this is not a developed world problem. It's definitely not a problem for US and Europe, but it's a big problem in Asia, in Africa. So do you say theft points? Theft points, right. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, you're saying that in certain parts of the developing world, it, there's areas where kind of there's organized kind of grafting out of the back of the truck, so to speak? Right, right. So what wow. happens is, let's say I am moving iron ore from the iron ore mines to ship and I'm supposed to export it to Australia. Now, iron ore is a expensive material. So what the people would do on the ways, they somehow 
open up a locked truck without anybody knowing how they opened it up, extract some iron ore out of it, and fill it with chalk dust, and then send it out to Australia. And then the client in Australia starts shouting on you that you sent me a not so good quality iron ore. And wow, that is incredible. Anyway, okay, yeah. So I can imagine the patterns you would find. And the problems you would find and the predictive elements you would find within different industries, they have to do with the problems, with the logistics, with the factors specific to those georegions and industries. So really a lot of challenge going into this. I mean, you guys definitely have your work cut out for you to find find those kind of points where you can scale. I guess that takes us into our, our last question on, in this series, uh, Gaurav, which is around looking into the future. You know, when you think about the aspects of supply chain that really aren't being impacted by AI tremendously today. But, you know, looking into the future, they might be. Uh, new capabilities, new features, new functions, new things that people are going to be able to do uh, within the supply chain. Where, where do you see that longer term transformation of what will be possible in the more distant future? So, again, I'll probably try and divide it into two parts. One is the short term and one is a mid term. A very long-term picture is, again, something which I am quite dicey about, but I have a very clear picture of the short-term. And So when I say short-term, it's like next one year. Yeah, next sure, sure. Like yep. Years. Okay, great. So what we definitely see in the next six months to a year time is people would be relying on AI to do an order predictability and a driver predictability utility for that. So driver shortage is a big problem across the globe. People are running short of drivers and... They don't know how to source drivers, when to source drivers, how much to source. And the driver salaries are going up. And driver is a big uh, problem in the whole ETA variable as well. So when you have to ensure up, you create the right ETA, you have to ensure you have the right driver in place who can just drive the truck all the way through the journey, right? So driver predictability is something that's coming in hot. And... Uh, People are quite excited when we tell them that we know how many drivers you'll require over a period of next, let's say, one week or 10 days. Okay. So these are drivers in and, and then help AI even source these drivers to them that uh, you'll be needing, let's say, 100 drivers in Southeast and uh, 50 drivers in your Midwest and something of that sort. And give them a platform to crowdsource it probably. So you just broadcast your driver request, people accept it. People today, they want to make quick money, right? They just want to write one tour and yeah. make some money, get out of it, right? So it's an AI-based platform or a tool where sourcing and managing drivers should be easy for them. Got it. Okay. So it's, it's almost, I make the analogy of uh, like in retail, people want to know, okay, what are my staffing needs at all my different brick and mortar locations going to be given the holiday season, given these other factors? It's kind of the same thing in supply chain. Hey, w what are we going to need for actual staff here for lack of better terms? It sounds like that kind of aspect of staff prediction, staff needs, truck needs prediction is, is mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Okay, cool. So that's interesting. Yeah, I actually, I haven't heard that much about that use case, but I see that as plausible. So that's really neat. And then the midterm thing is where we see a digital twin topic coming up a lot. And this is, again, something mm. that we have in a lot of conferences, a lot of Gartner material around this is also there, where a digital twin helps you in simulating a supply chain, right? So because your supply chain is running on a platform like 
our platform or some other supply chain platform. You have all the data in there. You can easily simulate a digital twin of that supply chain and try to make changes in it and see how it will react in your network, right? So let's say you just want to see if, if I sign up this customer for my supply chain, let's say you are DHL, right? And uh, you are running supply chain for automotive industries. So the moment uh, you want to understand that if my supply chain, how will it behave if I onboard a new automotive company, let's say GM, General Motors, right? So if I onboard GM, what should I do, right? So that's where your digital twin helps you a lot. So this will help you in simulating your complete load patterns, your uh, behavior, your staffing requirements, how many facilities you need to uh, bring up, all of those uh, bigger concerns, they get addressed really easily with this digital twin simulation that, that's on which people are working on as of now. Okay, so this is about being able to have, again, this digital simulation where we can project different future scenarios. What if we start shipping more of this kind of product? What if we use this new kind of truck? What if we, whatever, and the variables can be tinkered with to the degree to which we can understand our new needs for staff. We can understand maybe our new limitations with how many docking ports we have for our trucks or whatever the case may be because we have some of these things modeled. Exactly. Cool. Okay. So you see that becoming more and more the norm and more the midterm of supply chain where people will be thinking about futures, modeling those futures, and then being able to build towards kind of things that are already optimized based on those models. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not too far away because there's so much data that's being collected in supply chain. As of now, there's so many data points that people are sitting on top of it. That's the biggest use of those, that data that and that's the way how you make sense of this data that's being collected. So Yeah. Okay, cool. So, well, maybe the folks tuned in, you can sort of begin to imagine. I'm sure we'll do more interviews on the topic of digital twins specifically, but I, I think that that's a good topic to tee up in the minds of the listeners. And Gaurav, I know that's all that we have for time for, for this interview, but I appreciate you being with us and joining us here on AI and Industry. So thank you so much. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. Love to have had this conversation with you. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A big thank you to Gora for being able to join us here. And thank you to you, our listener, for listening all the way through. We certainly appreciate it. We've been publishing the show for so many years. Every now and again, I'll have folks connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that they've been listening for four years, five years. It's incredible. It's tremendously rewarding for us, and it's honestly what keeps me going. So I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you did, be sure to stay in touch with us on social. You can follow us at at EMERJ on Twitter or Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research on LinkedIn or on Facebook. And you'll not only stay up to speed with all of our latest interviews, just like this one, uh, but you'll also get all of our latest infographics, our articles, and other content that we produce around the cutting edge of AI, AI adoption, and AI ROI. So again, at EMERJ on Twitter or just Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research on other social platforms. Otherwise, that's all for this episode. I look forward to catching you on our next episode here on the AI and Business Podcast. 